Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Hi, everyone. Uh, I am here with Hetty Jane, and she is super kind. She is someone that I met on Instagram, and she, at the moment, she has an awesome Instagram where she promotes eating disorder awareness and she helps women end the war between food and their bodies. And I love her Instagram personally because she shares a lot of helpful, inspirational posts. She's been through um, an eating disorder herself, so she knows all about it. And now she's just promoting a lot of great stuff on there. So I'm going to introduce her and we'll get started with the interview. So. Hi, Hetty. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you being Hi. on with me. And um, I just would love for you to share who you are with my audience and, you know, then we could go from there. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me on, Jacqueline. I feel very honoured. <laughs> um, so, hi, everyone. My name's Hetty. Uh, I'm from the UK, in case you've not realised from my uh, accent. Um, so I'm uh, a, at the moment, I'm a mindset and food freedom uh, fitness coach. So I sort of cover a lot of different areas. Um, and yeah, my story is, is quite a long winded story, but it's something that I'm super, super passionate about. Um, I've been through a lot of different, numerous different eating disorders um, in the past, and it's been a long, a long, long journey. But I really feel passionate now about sharing my story with other people to help spread awareness to other people and help them recover as soon as as soon as you can. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get treatment, so I did it all on my own, um, which I wouldn't always advise to do. But like I said, it's something that I'm super, super passionate about. I mean, it's somewhat uh, obviously you should seek help whenever possible. Um, but I think it's inspiring you were able, able to overcome it on your own um, yeah. because a lot of people think that they need some sort of external thing and it's like you can't get through this. Exactly. So, and yeah, if you, can you share us a bit of your story? Don't worry if it's long-winded. Yeah, Love to hear it. yeah, definitely. Get ready, everybody. <laughs> um, so I guess it kind of, my sort of childhood background I was from the ages of I think I went on my first diet when I was about seven years old so I was pretty young um and when I was younger there was a lot of talk about diets about weight issues I was quite a I don't want to trigger anybody with with same words but I was I would refer myself to as a, a chubby kid at school which I think is you know totally normal kids grow up and and kind of get out of that stage but I was I was carrying a little bit more weight than some of my friends were at school um which to a certain point is fine and then obviously when you get into you know secondary school and and junior school that's when sort of kids started name calling me and you know calling me different names because I was I looked different to you know my super skinny friends at the time um so I guess that's when I started becoming really aware of me feeling very different and almost feeling like I was a problem that I needed to change in order to you know feel accepted 
um, which I think is is quite common for a lot of people. I think this is kind of where most eating disorders tend to start from not all of them, but most of them. So, yeah, so I started dieting when I was seven years old. I, you know, went from diet to diet. I wasn't so serious about it when I was that age, because obviously you're still young, you're still growing up. Um, and then I guess, how old would I have been? Probably when I was in secondary school. So I'd probably be about 13 or 14. That was when I started extreme dieting and I fell into, you know, eating disorder behaviors, you know, very secrecy and a very secret behavior with food and having a very disordered relationship around food and my body, um, which sort of led into uh, anorexia as well. So I sort of dipped my toe in anorexia for a little while while I was at school and then I would um then I and then I started binge eating um so this sort of restrictive binge cycle continued for around five years I would say it was it was around five years and then I um went into college so that's I know you guys call it college is like our university but it's it's like the step before university over in in the UK so um just reference for any um Americans listening to this um so yeah so I went to college I started you know drinking uh, as kids do when they're growing up um and this cycle of you know I gained quite a lot more weight at this point um and I was drinking regularly because again I was trying to fit in with people I thought that was what you were supposed to do at that age um but this whole very disordered relationship with food was was almost just increasing and increasing. Um, a lot of my friends were very body conscious. And we were always talking about diets and celebrities being, you know, losing weight and, and things like that. Um, and so this cycle of just restrict, trying to restrict my food as much as I could, um, only to then go home and just binge eat. So I would just eat large amounts of food. And then obviously the drinking on top. So it was a really, really destructive period um, of time, which I then left college and had sort of a year to kind of just figure myself out, I guess, on what I wanted to do and, you know, what, you know, what my interests were, I guess. And this was at the point then when I fell into anorexia again. So unfortunately, and I have heard this as well before that um, eating disorders tend to thrive in isolation. And this period of time was very isolating in a sense because my sister had left. She just got married. So she moved out. And, um, you know, my friends were all going to university. So they were traveling further away. And I was sort of I felt at a loose end almost that I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um and that's how I kind of fell into what I thought was fitness at the time. Um, you know, I had this goal of losing a lot of weight and I did so in a really unhealthily um, restrictive way, which was probably the turning point. And, you know, all the binging prior to this point was almost very tame because during this time when I started restricting myself 
very heavily. Um, I was, you know, really restricting all my food, um, which I think can only go on for so long until your body sort of reacts to that restriction. And that's exactly what happened to my body. So I'd, at this point, I didn't think I was ill. You know, I didn't think there was a problem. I thought, you know, I was just wanting to lose weight and lose weight. And that was sort of my goal. Um, and then I I remember my first binge. And I've, I've talked about this actually on one of my YouTube videos because I just feel like it's, it doesn't even make sense. But I, I try and, you know, emphasize to people that, you know, if you've restricted your food intake for so long, your body is going to react to it. It's it's not going to put up with that any longer and it it will get whatever it can in whatever sense it can and my first binge was on muesli so i don't know if you guys have that in basically like the most boring cereal you could ever get it's like it's basically just like oats but with a few dried fruits thrown Mm. in so it's not like your typical binge food, but I, my body was just so hungry for it. And I, you know, I ate a large amount of that in one sitting. And I was kind of like, after, I was like, what the hell have you just done? Why did you do that? And obviously all the guilt um, started to flood in. Um, and so that's sort of how this binge cycle started. Um, at this point, it was very out of control and I've talked about this on other videos on my YouTube channel as well that it was almost like an out-of-body experience it was like I had physically no control over myself it wasn't like oh I just have a few pieces it was like you know I'd been possessed for a period of time and I you know I ate a large amount of food and this continued and continued um in a vicious cycle and it I didn't realize that it was my body trying to fight back so I thought back then because I think that there wasn't much information out there about extreme hunger and you know the how binging the causes of binge eating as well so to me I just thought I'd lost willpower I thought I was lacking in discipline and I was you know beating myself up because I was thinking why what you know you've done all of this you've lost all this weight and now you can't control yourself like what's wrong with you um and that was sort of my internal dialogue so this is when sort of I kind of fell into you know the binging and over exercising so for me I I I was never able to throw up although you know I'd tried I'm I couldn't do that so my sort of purging um technique if you like um was to over exercise and that was sort of my outlet so this cycle of binging on large amounts of food to then over exercise for hours even through you know I had injuries at the time because I was just putting my body through so much stress I also suffered from insomnia during this time as well. Well, for quite a while, actually, but this is sort oh. of when um, my insomnia started. So I wasn't sleeping. I was binging and then over-exercising for, you know, large amounts of time throughout the day. Um, 
and I know I even mentioned to you the other day that I would I would even exercise even when I had a full stomach of food like just whenever some of that food had gone down and digested I would force myself to do you know vigorous workouts that weren't you know just a walk down the street it was you know a lot of plyometric work and running and and things like that so I can't my imagine was, how hard that would have been it was, yeah it was horrific and like I know we've kind of mentioned it before that when you're in that cycle it kind of feels like the norm it's just like well that's what you've got to do what would you do without it um and it was just it just took over my life at that point and I you know I'm not a I've never had suicidal thoughts in my life but I remember during that period that you know I was driving to work at the time and I or driving home from work rather and I was just thinking if this car crashed I wouldn't even care like it just got to that point that it was just so exhausting mentally and physically and it was like this big secret that nobody else knew about and I just felt so ashamed and again I I thought it was my fault that I didn't have motivation I I lacked the discipline um do you want to do you want me to carry on and talk about how that sort of led on into binge eating as well well um yeah so thank you for sharing <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's no there's a lot of good things I want to cover in there but I think the biggest thing that gives a good idea of like how much you struggled the biggest thing is like maybe how did you get out of it but I just wanted to say that uh car crash thing when you said that I remembered I was very depressed and I, I was having suicidal thoughts a lot but it was most commonly in the car I would I would yeah. think like I just kind of want to drive into that tree I would think that all yeah. the time on the way home and I never did it obviously since you know I have loved ones in my life and I didn't want to cause them any pain but I also always had my dog in the car and I was like I don't yeah. I don't want him to get hurt but yeah. it's crazy how much bulimia and binge eating just sucks the life out of you and makes it's you really not does. appreciate your life at all it, it so doesn't it like I said like I've never had suicidal thoughts before and anyone that knows me will know you know that's just not like me at all but I'm like you say it's just it it's just like you're carrying around this demon with you around 24 7 and you just want it to end and yeah I kind of felt exactly the same like if if this car crashed right now I would not even care like just let it be over um which luckily I mean that that didn't happen but it's for anyone that is kind of in that right now I know exactly how you feel and it's just horrible but you can get out of it obviously which is what we're talking about today right yeah and how did you start taking steps to get out of it so again it was kind of long-winded I guess um but so at this point I'll also mention so after sort of my anorexic period um of severe restriction I um then started uh and fell into personal training so you know I thought I'd found my purpose because I'd lost weight and I thought well I'm gonna help other people do that which I would not recommend doing it the way I did but we were um, talking about this earlier we laughed that like we were both personal trainers at one point yeah <laughs> I feel like not 
every personal trainer but I feel like most have got some kind of history with something like this yeah um, so yeah so I was working full-time um and I was actually studying at the same time becoming a personal trainer so um obviously being around a gym environment as well whilst you're kind of dealing with this was probably the the most difficult and triggering thing because obviously I had all this going off in the background and yet I had to go to work and put on a a smiley face and pretend you know that I was fine and you know trying to motivate people and talk about weight loss which I found really difficult especially you know I don't know whether you found this as well but when people would come up to me and tell me like oh I've lost weight that really triggered me and it was it was almost like you know why can't why can't you get your shit together you know you're you're struggling and all these people are doing better than you it was it was such a you know a a difficult situation and environment to be in at that time um mentally yeah Um, I found it super hard to be happy for any of my friends that were losing weight or I think my partner like he's he's an he's a personal trainer but he studied integrated physiology very heavily into that realm loves it but he was losing weight at one point and I found it really like I wanted to be mean to him about it and it was so backwards and I couldn't be happy. And then I would just turn it around. I would take his success and be like, oh, woe is me. And he would be like, I'm happy. I don't understand. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, it's so, you know, when, you're, when you've got all this mental chatter going on as well, it's like anyone you see that's got either a normal relationship with food or they're losing weight effortlessly, you almost hate them because you're just, you know, dealing with all of this. Um, so yeah, so I, I was working full time in the gym at this point and, um, obviously continued with the over-exercising back then it, it almost was a little bit easier because I had the gym to my disposal. So as soon as I finished work, I would just train in the gym, um, rather than at home. Um, but then I started to study and I heard the term, um, I think it was from Lane Norton, actually, um, if anyone here knows him. Um, but I heard the term of a almost like a broken metabolism or um, something along those lines, like a dysfunctional metabolism and how that can stop you from losing weight, basically. Um, and it kind of clicked then. And I thought that's what I've done I've broken my metabolism so it's stopping me from losing weight and this is why you know I'm overeating and I I didn't even think that the overeating and binging was a problem it was I was just focused on I need to lose weight I need to lose weight I need to you know be more motivated I need to be more disciplined so I studied quite a lot and did a lot of research on like metabolism and how our metabolism you know burns energy and what what builds that up and and that sort of thing and I started weight training back then so before then I was always doing cardio um a cardio bunny um and then I started lifting weights um which I really enjoyed um and I learned a lot as well and that I guess that kind of opened up that passion because I really did enjoy that. Um, but again, my main focus was, right, I need to build muscle. I need to build my metabolism up. And 
what I heard as well is that the more cardio you do, um, that will slow your metabolism down. So I stopped doing all of the cardio back then. And I thought, do you know what? Maybe I need to stop restricting my food and eat more in order to build my metabolism up. So it kind of made sense. And, you know, I was following all these fitness professionals on YouTube and and trying and becoming obsessed with that. I guess that was like my next obsession. Like I need to build up a metabolism that's, you know, super fast and efficient. So um, I focused a lot on that and I pulled back a lot of the, you know, the excessive amounts of cardio. Um, at this point, I would say I stopped restricting as much I, I think there was probably still some restriction there but the binging went down a hell of a lot at this point so I stopped the exercise or the excessive amount of cardio and stopped dieting for a period of time and just kind of let my body I kind of I guess you could say I kind of went all in at that point um and you know obviously I gained a little bit of weight and with that I thought you know I was I was kind of happy at this point because I felt like I had a bit of a goal that I was kind of working towards but at the same time again like working in the gym it was super triggering I'd get a lot of comments off of people that used to come in the gym asking if I was bulking and you know that I was getting bigger and it's crazy they said those things that would yeah I don't, I don't know if that's just like a culture thing but that would be really rude to say here <laughs> when when I heard it I was just like you know it it was it was difficult yeah I mean yeah. I don't even know if that is a culture thing because it is really rude like I yeah. don't do that to anybody um but yeah so that it was a difficult time because I was kind of in this space of like what am I doing like I'm actively wanting to get bigger what what am I kind of playing at but at the same time of this I kind of um I fell into uh, learning about uh boxing and I became obsessed with the sport boxing and um I don't know if you've heard of it but Olymp Olympic style weightlifting so usually yeah. what you see in CrossFit gyms and stuff so that, I've always wanted to do boxing, by the way. I do weightlifting, love it, but boxing, it always seems so cool and athletic and tough. Yeah, awesome. I, I love it. Like, I love martial arts and things like that. It, I just, I've always found it amazing that people can do that. So I then saw, started focusing more on that. And I think at this point, it kind of saved me a little bit because especially with Olympic weightlifting, it's it's not a sport that is designed or, or focusing on um, aesthetics. It's not about, oh, well, she's super lean, so she can, you know, clean and jerk, whatever. It, it was about, you know, your technique and it was about how much you could lift and being strong. And then obviously the boxing, it was like almost like a bit of a mental escape as well. And I just, I feel like that really did help me and it did kind of give me a bit of an outlet where I didn't have to think about this problem anymore um and it's almost like I felt a little bit more accepted as well for just who I was you know at this weight I can deadlift this or this weight I can squat this um so that did help um but then I then 
fell into dieting again and you know I guess social pressures got the best of me and I thought no I want to look like a bodybuilder so um I hired a coach and who's probably the worst coach that I've ever had um I know. <laughs> yeah I feel like everyone needs a bad coach to realize what a good coach is um but yeah I hired a coach and I even explained to him you know I've had eating disorders in the past at this point I was also teaching um spin classes like three four times a week so my cardio was still you know it was it was pretty high but I was eating a lot more and just kind of um letting myself kind of just go with the flow and not dieting at all so um I told him that and I'm not going to give out any numbers on on here but it was very it was it was like stupidly low on calories that he gave me and I I think I lasted around a month and I was paying him a lot of money so I thought because he charges so much he must be a good coach that if you've ever thought that about a coach don't buy into it because it's no it's not true um he basically just disregarded everything I said I thought me sort of being vulnerable and telling him about my history he would take that into account and he didn't he you know he again you know just put me on a really really restricted diet so I lasted that a few weeks four weeks and I just thought do you know what I don't want to live like this this is I was eating like what was it turkey mince with coconut oil and broccoli for breakfast and turkey I just thought mince. turkey mince. So what would you ground turkey? I think you guys. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah it's And I don't even like coconut oil, so I was eating that at breakfast, and I just thought, you know what, this is not for me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not about this life. Um, so I kind of just called it quits there, and I thought, no, this is not even worth it. And after that point, I had a period of time where I, you know, binged quite a bit on you know carbohydrates because I've not eaten eaten carbs in so long um and again this kind of during this period I kind of had almost like a bit of an epiphany I guess and I I know I mentioned this to you last time that you know all the while all this was going off and I had friends from school that always had what I would consider a normal relationship with food they never talked about going on diets they never I don't think they even weighed themselves so they had no idea how much they weighed what a calorie was and they just naturally just stayed at the same weight there was no fluctuation whereas with me I was just obsessive about food and exercise and my weight would just go up and down up and down all the time and I just felt like I just want to live a normal life um so I had I think at this point that was when I discovered intuitive eating um in which I kind of dipped my toe in here and there um and as we all do <laughs> um don't want to commit just yet just like yeah maybe. don't want to commit just yet so I'll do it for a little bit see if it works um so I did that for a little bit and I would sort of flutter around between intuitive eating and tracking my calories and I noticed when I was eating intuitively, uh, I was I then allowed myself to go out 
for dinner with my friends and it felt so freeing but whenever I was tracking my food it was like everything sort of tensed up and it was like oh god well I'm gonna have to check what's on the menu or I'm gonna have to eat this beforehand and not eat there and it was so you know just rigid and so mental rather than just being there with my friends and being able to enjoy the food um so it kind of gave me that sense of freedom of what it could be like if I was to just let go of all the rules um and then unfortunately I went back and hired another coach um because clearly I didn't believe that it would work which he was a slightly better coach but still I ran into the same problems it my calories got quite low towards the end and I then started to obsess about food uh you know I was thinking about food all the time and just again feeling like this alien like everyone else has got their shit together with food and yet here's me obsessing over it and obsessing over the scale or how many steps I've done that day and all of these things and at this point that was at the point when I kind of stopped with well for a period of tracking tracking my food and I thought do you know what I'm sick of binging I'm just sick of it and I'm so over it so I just let myself eat whatever I want and just eat intuitively um then I moved to Australia for two years um which I think was the turning point really of this whole thing and it it kind of really set in stone all of these things that I've thought previously about intuitive eating and trusting my body um because I went back and tracked my food for quite a while and and again wanted to lose weight so I lost you know weight doing that and you know on the outside I looked really fit and my leanest but actually I was still obsessing about about food and this mental kind of chatter and it was it was almost like I just couldn't just be in the moment and just enjoy food and you know just be there so I decided again I'm going to commit to intuitive eating this time and I'm actually going to see what what I can do and and you know trust my body instead of just you know feeling like I always need to diet instead of just trusting my body um and during this time I think that was when Stephanie Buttermore went all in if anyone here follows Stephanie Buttermore as well um and that it was I kind of feel like it was a bit of a sign um sign from the universe almost to say like you know Stephanie Buttermore's doing it because you know that it's it's something's not right here and she was experiencing the same things as me, feeling really, really hungry um, all the time and just thinking about food nonstop. And, but then obviously with me, I was also binging on top of that. So it just, it just felt right to commit fully to intuitive eating and thinking about it in the long term as well. I was like, I actually don't want to be attached to a, you know, an app for the rest of my life. I want to be able to trust my body and other people do it so why can't I um it's yeah I, exactly exactly and yeah so I did a lot of sort of inner work and kind of assessed um 
assess myself I guess and and realized you know the binge eating was a habit and the overeating was a habit but when you release that restriction um and allow your body to kind of just eat intuitively the the binge urges do reduce quite a bit as well um and yeah that's a long-winded story but yeah no it's great uh, I so you committed eventually to intuitive eating and I think a lot of us go through this where it's like you see like you say you see those people that don't pay attention to their food at all and yet they weigh the same all the time and I was just yeah. like you I was always like up down up down people thought I was mad but um you see them and you think that they're aliens or they're like somehow special um and you're like that can't work for me there's no way That's it. yeah and, and you also like when you think of intuitive eating like for a long time I did calorie count forever and I think there were some benefits in knowing I use chronometer instead of my fitness pal so it tells you a lot more of the micronutrients and stuff like that so there was knowledge in doing that because now I know hey this has this amount in it and it has this nutrients in it but yeah. for the long term it's not great but anyway the idea for me of giving up that I was like terrified that I would gain weight forever or I would um do all this and I didn't do what Stephanie Buttermore did I, I kind of just intuitively ate but I didn't try to just like eat to full fullness I just ate to satiation and try yeah. to understand that because you know binging the type of fullness you feel with binging is not the fullness oh. that you want to no you want to have for normal meals so how did you get over that fear well, you were just done with it is that what it was it's so strange really I guess because I'd done I'd I'd almost then become obsessed with just researching this kind of thing and I was you know looking at other people even my partner he he's I don't think he's ever dieted in his life or counted a calorie and yet he eats what he wants and he's always stayed sort of at his normal weight and I I think the first time round of sort of going all in it was a way to kind of I need to build my metabolism so that means I need to build as much muscle as possible and you know that's that's gonna you know solve all this problem um but I guess for me I got to a point where I had that much mental restriction and I think that's something that people don't always think about that we can have restriction you know physical restriction like oh I can only eat this amount of calories or I can only eat this amount during these times or whatever um but you can also have mental restriction as well where you're you know you choose to eat something but maybe you only eat a little bit and you save a little bit when really you deep down wanted that other piece of the cookie or whatever um or you you know you don't you almost fool yourself into not buying certain products because you're scared of them and I guess I I got to a point where I couldn't remember ever being able mentally ever feeling like I was ever able to just buy something that I wanted because I liked the taste of it for me it was like I'd gone through my whole life just buying foods because either it was low fat or it was low calorie or 
these are slightly less than this or if I buy those I'm going to binge on them so I kind of got to a point where I was like what would it be like if I just lived like a normal person and just bought the foods that I wanted you know how would that kind of feel um and I guess my kind of mindset was the less I restrict maybe the less I will binge um and I definitely don't always agree that going you know this all-in approach is you know the best route for everybody and going yeah. back I probably wouldn't have done that um but I guess it's just like it's like a different route to a destination I guess it's if you're living and you restrict a lot of your food and you don't allow yourself to eat whatever food you want um you know you can either go down one path of you know just allowing yourself anything and everything um and eventually you will get to that destination of just foods becoming neutral and that's kind of I think for me it got to that point where all I want is food to become neutral I don't want to have to think about it I want to forget about food because you know I'd meet people and they'd be like oh I totally forgot I've got that in the cupboards or the fridge you know whereas yeah, me that's a fun moment yeah it definitely is um whereas for me I was just you know obsessed you know if it weren't if I wasn't thinking about my breakfast it'd be thinking about my lunch and and so on and I kind of just got to this place where I just wanted to just be free from that mental kind of chatter um session well and you don't realize I think a lot of people it feels miserable while you're in it you're obsessing with food and you know it's not fun but when you finally get past the point of obsessing about food, you're like, oh, there's a whole life out here that I have been missing. Absolutely yeah. not present for because I'm constantly worried about losing weight or what I'm going to eat or anything like that. And yeah. letting go of it is one of the best things you can do for yourself. It really is. And I think, you know, I, I think everyone will probably go through this period, even if you don't sort of go all in. Um, you know, even if you start allowing yourself foods that there's almost this fear, like what's, who am I going to be without this? Am I going to lose my identity? Which I definitely had somewhat of an identity crisis <laughs> throughout this. Cause I thought, you know, what am I doing? Is this right? Is this the right path to take? But you do, you kind of open yourself up to new interests. Like it sounds crazy, but, and it sounds awful as well. But I remember when I was, you know, restricting myself a lot and was dealing with bulimia, especially, I wasn't interested in anything like surface level conversation I could have with people, but like even my dogs, like I'm absolutely obsessed with my dogs. And yet I didn't even give them any attention because I was just so focused on, you know, what I'd eaten that day or what exercise I needed to do. And it's it's sad because you just miss out on so so much and you think you know how many conversations have I not you know really been there I was kind of thinking about something else but you do you kind of figure figure you out a bit more as a person and who you are underneath all of that yeah and I mean your brain gets comfortable in that eating disorder phase and that's who you are but when you're changing even if it's a good change it's going to be uncomfortable because yeah. your brain is like, wait, we know this, we're comfortable with this, what are you doing? And like yeah. growing into a new person, it, it's scary. But it's, it really is. 
if you if you see it through it's definitely amazing it really is yeah mm -hmm. definitely and it just opens up so much other opportunities as well right you feel so much more free yeah so we only have like 10 minutes left so i wanted to ask you specifically about um exercise purging a little bit and uh because i don't have much experience with that uh and i do have a few people that i've talked to one of my clients they deal with exercise purging and a lot of them struggle with like the idea that even if they have a binge that day they need to exercise a certain amount per day or yeah. if they don't then something's gonna be wrong so can you explain like how you kind of get over that mindset yeah or some advice I, for them yeah I feel like the exercise addiction, again, it's it's kind of like this habit loop that you, it's, you know, it, it's like that eating disorder voice is really loud and it, you know, it, you know, you wake up and you just think, right, I've got to do this today or I've got to exercise this much or I've got to do this amount of steps. And that's a habit. And I think that's the biggest thing that anyone could kind of take away from all of this that those thoughts of either about binge eating or exercising or even you know purging um are just habit thoughts that we've thought about so for such a long period of time so it's about sort of recognizing when they sort of show up and what they say as well so almost like become distant to them and realize that they're not actually you um, and something that I found really useful as well was, um, I mean, I spoke to different people about this, but um, I would even say, you know, journaling is a, is a great way of kind of getting out thoughts and realizing what kind of thoughts are holding you back. But kind of ask yourself, what would happen if I didn't exercise today? And kind of see what comes up. And if it's a thought like, well, I'm going to I'm going to gain weight ask yourself again like am I a hundred percent that that is true and if so how much weight because you know there's no there's no direct answer it's just it's it's the eating disorder bullshit that that just comes out automatically and it's we just take every single word of that eating disorder as fact and it's not true it will tell you you know if you don't do this run today you're gonna you're gonna gain a bunch of weight and the truth of the matter is you're not and I think for me as well what really happened and um, what really helped was being around people that didn't have this obsession as well I'm realizing that you know other people don't exercise as much as me and yet they're you know a normal weight they're healthy weight so why it's I guess it's about challenging those thoughts more than anything and calling bullshit whenever you can because they're not they're so not true and they're so irrational those thoughts um that are almost just bullying you bullying you into you know exercising so much and or purging or whatever it is um and i think it's about as well kind of asking yourself what life do i want to live and i think for me that was a, always a big I tried to hold this vision quite, you know, close in my mind that do I want to, you know, be in a relationship where I have to exercise for an hour or two hours a day? Or do I want to live a life where I can go out to eat with my friends or miss a workout 
and go and have drinks with them or do you know what I mean and I think it's about getting really really crystal clear not with the eating disorder because that will tell you lies but get crystal clear on what you want from your life how do you want to live and thinking how do I do that what steps do I need to take in order to do that yeah I mean you just gave some brilliant mental management tips so I think visualization yeah highly underutilized it's like when you're a little kid and you're envisioning your future and imagining you should be doing that as an adult too and visualizing what would it be like what would my life be like without this who do I want to be what does that person feel like super useful and then I love that you said anytime or you said you know like question it and then answer it and I had a coaching session one time where I was in this mindset of what if, right? And I was like, what if this happens? What if that happens? I didn't think it was about weight. It was about something else. Because <laughs> I always, I was like in a lot of financial stress a few years ago. And it was like, uh, I was constantly worried. I was like, not going to be able to pay rent or something. She's like, okay, what if? Like, answer the question. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I would do this. And she's like, yeah. And then what else would you do? And it's like, you ask your brain all these questions, but I think a good a good rule of thumb is always answer it and yeah. always say like this is how I'm going to handle it and I think as well your your conscious mind whatever you ask even if you say why is the sky blue automatically your mind will start coming up with answers like well maybe mm-hmm. it's because of this or and it might not always make sense and I think patience is also a key thing as well because it's it's a habit that you've built and created and almost formed an identity around as well but it's going to take time but I think like what you said visualizing is such a powerful tool and people talk about it a lot for you know success in you know business and you know whatever but I think you can totally use that for eating disorder recovery as well visualize what kind of life you want to live how do you want to be how do you want to act and I think you know with doing that and patience you're going to be on the right track yeah and it's it's not a fast journey you know it it takes time and even though I think my recovery period when I went fully into recovery then it was shorter but you know there's years of experience learning it's a process exactly it really is yeah okay so that was so wonderful. Thank you for sharing all that, being vulnerable. It was, it was great. And I think every time people share things like this, it helps other people out there. Like you were saying in the beginning, it's someone will feel less alone. They'll hear this, they'll relate to this, and you offered a lot of good advice. So tell my audience where they can find you. So I'm most active on Instagram. So you can find me on the tag handle, it's Hetty um, on Instagram. And also Hetty Jane, I post videos on YouTube um, under Hetty Jane every Sunday and I talk a lot more in depth about sort of the mindset and and how to recover and and sort of my own experiences as well. So do you find me on there? Yeah, Yeah, um, I'll put the link to her Instagram in my podcast below. And guys, I just realized that you can only put one link down there. So I've been putting, it's, it's hilarious, I've been putting multiple links from months now um, and it like just all jumbles into one and so I'm sure people are like I don't know what she's talking about it's a, it's a learning process I would yeah. not 
know where to start with a podcast, so you're way, way ahead. Oh, they're way easier to produce than a YouTube video. So YouTube is like, when you go to the analytics page, it's like, what are all the tags you want to use? What's all this? Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's exhausting. But anyway, thank you so much for being on here. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay, guys, that was the interview with Henny. Um, I really enjoyed talking with this girl. And before the interview, we had a long conversation and it was just very organic, very fun. So I'm sure that I will have her on again. But like she said, you can go to her Instagram, you can go to her YouTube. I hope that you guys enjoyed the interview. There will be many more. Everyone that I bring on the show, I'm bringing on because I think that it's so important to share their stories and give you different insight. And the more and more you can learn that it is possible for you to recover, the better. So. I'm so grateful that she was on the show. Um, I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. I'm going to leave you here. But thank you for listening. Bye.